Hey everyone, it's Lainey. For this episode, I'm doing something a little different. I am going to be playing the live stream that I did with some of my spooky friends from Holly Weird Paranormal and the Scry Podcast. We shared a bunch of ghost stories and kind of some creepy tales and even listeners hopped in. So I hope that you give Get Vocal a chance and subscribe to my channel, It's Haunted What Now? There, I want to do live streams with you so you can come on and share your stories with me. Head to GetVocal.com, search for It's Haunted What Now? and join me there. And if you contact me on any of my social media and send me a screenshot of you subscribe to me on Get Vocal, I will definitely send some goodies your way. Okay, ready to get spooked? All right, friends, we are... Hey, girl! Hi! How are you? Doing pretty well, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. That's that's awesome. That's wonderful. (laughs) On this wonderful, spooky Saturday, the sun is up and the birds are chirping. We're going to be talking about ghosts. (laughs) I know. You know what? It's a safe time for us to be talking about ghosts, so Mm -hmm. very pleased (laughs) with that (laughs) so I don't freak myself out. Um, So the show is officially broadcasting across platforms right now, which is awesome and wonderful. Um, I believe we are on Twitter. We are on Facebook and on YouTube, maybe. Nice. So if you guys want to join us, I recommend joining us on Get Vocal directly because that will help you share any stories that you want to share with us. I'm also going to pull up the Facebook account so I can um, look at both of them at the same time. Hopefully I can toggle between the screens and be okay. Sorry for my uh, camera because um, I forgot to set up my other one. So you have to deal with the laptop camera for me. (laughs) So let's see. Um, I think my mom is on too. She has a ton of weird ghost stories or she's going to be joining us too. So um, come on here. Okay. So let me pull up my site so I can make sure we are good to go. And anybody who wants to talk to us can talk to us. Okay. All right. So We don't really have a plan for today's show. We are truly just going to be sharing spooky tales, um, kind of what got us into the paranormal. And Mm -hmm. I've been trying to work with Get Vocal on hopefully getting a paranormal series on Get Vocal done so that we can have our own evening and nighttime, you know, chat shows, if you will, uh, live streams to be able to connect with our audience. I do it now for True Crime on Thursdays. And it has been really fun and beneficial uh, to be able to connect with other creators and then also listeners across platforms and everything like that. So I highly recommend it if you um, haven't joined yet or are thinking about joining, that it's something you uh, consider doing. So let everybody introduce themselves. I'll go first. I'm Lainey. I am the host of It's Haunted What Now? Shows about a year old, I think. I started in true crime first and then moved over to uh, paranormal. And it's been fun. And the community is incredible and super supportive. So I love being a part of it. Um, I believe in the paranormal. I have a couple of um, paranormal experiences myself as a child mostly. And then kind of somewhat into an adulthood. But um, nothing crazy 
of recent, like I've heard from other people. <laughs> so those are the stories I like to tell. I like to um, also be scared. So this is perfect. Um, who else wants to go next? I'll go ahead and go. Uh, I'm Chris. I host Scry. I've been doing it for about eight months. And on Scry, basically all we do is uh, tell user submissions and it's completely non-judgmental in how we do it. We don't try and debunk anybody or anything like that. We just let the story be told. Awesome. Oh, I'm um, Tammy Merhab Chavez. Uh, I'm Tammy Merhab Chavez from Hollywood Paranormal. We're a true crime and paranormal podcast where we're based out of Hollywood, California, and we talk about Hollywood true crime and its paranormal association. When something bad is left behind, when something so traumatic has happened, does it leave something otherworldly behind? So we talk about that and we talk about anything and everything paranormal and weird. And trust me, there's a ton of ghost stories, not only based out of California, but also based out of like this crazy city of Hollywood. So Yeah. Mm -hmm. Dude, I should have connected with you the last time I was there last year. Yeah. Um, next time I will. Next yeah. I, will. I always go to LA. Yeah. Favorite. We'll go in some pretty awesome haunts. <laughs> yeah. Dang. Okay. So I'm curious for both of you, what kind of got you started in um, the paranormal? So we're just going to chat a, real quick about kind of what got us started. And then we're going to open it up. We have a spot open for anybody who wants to join and share their spooky tales. doesn't have to be long. Can be short. It doesn't matter. So whoever wants to go first. Um, I got my start in the paranormal. I'm originally from New Orleans. So I come from a very spiritual city. Have I experienced any zombies or voodoo? No. Get, <laughs> get that misconception out of your head. The only voodoo that New Orleans did was an, like, was an inside football team. It was a minor league football team called New Orleans Voodoo. We had the voodoo doll cheerleading team. All right. So love that. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> But uh, growing up, you did see hints of voodoo, like, around the city. Like, we always celebrated St. Joseph Day. We always had our St. Joseph altars. You know, we've seen, you know, those who did practice, uh, who were practicing voodoo were white. So that was something that I was always surrounded by. Um, voodoo, for me, was never something negative. It was always something positive and spiritual. Um, and then from there, I guess, uh, what got me really involved in the paranormal was working on haunted film sets and theaters. I'm a costume designer by day and a kind of a ghost hunter by night. So when I started working on these, um, film sets that were in these old plantation homes built in the 1800s or in an old theater that was 120 years old, you know, there's always a ghost or something lingering and it always made its presence known to myself or my team and I. So it was, that, that's pretty much how I got into it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. What got me into it really, I guess, started back in childhood. Like anybody else, I grew up watching Scooby-Doo, but I was always <laughs> disappointed that it was always people <laughs> dressed as monsters. You never had an actual ghost. <laughs> between, between that and the Twilight Zone growing up, I think that yeah. pretty much pull, just pulled me in. So. Uh, so for me, I am Mexican-American, so I have a ton of folklore stories that I grew up with, especially um, with my family being from South Texas. We have, you know, the gambit of La Llorona, the Lechusa, everything that kind of freaked me out when I was younger. Um, we were talking about this a little bit on my Thursday show, but 
I was saying that my grandma is very good at scaring the crap out of me. So she's been doing it since I was little by sharing all of these crazy tales um, of paranormal experiences that she's been a part of. And so I've always felt um, drawn to it. And like I said, I love being scared because I think it just reminds me of my grandma a lot. And then with my mom, too. Uh, so that's kind of what got me into it. And like I started podcasting um, and was in true crime mostly for the last four years. And then I was like, I really, really, really want to share like ghost stories because like I really want to tap into that. So um, that's why I started my show and connected with this community, which has been, like I said, wonderful and great. So if there's anybody who wants to hop on to share a story, feel free to do so. All you have to do is press grab this spot. We are your audience. We're here for you. I'm ready to be scared. Um, if nobody wants to join yet, that's okay. Uh, we can share our own stories first uh, to kind of get the ball rolling. So let's see, what was everybody's first paranormal experience? And we'll just keep going in the order we have been. Ooh. My first paranormal experience, um, I had a girlfriend that lived, I want to say, a few yards away from an old cemetery in Texas. And I lived in Texas for 11 years. I lived in New Orleans until I was 11, then we moved. Um, it was an old cemetery that was, I think it was established. It was a family cemetery. It was a family plot. It was uh, established in 1835. And it was one of those things like, oh, we go to the cemetery in the neighborhood and see if we could see anything. Because there were rumors that, you know, people would see light, like orbs and figures. Um, according to my friend, when she was in elementary school, she would see a vision of a man in a top hat. Her brother saw the same individual. Um, a lot of weird things that would happen in and around the house, door slamming by themselves, footsteps when no one's up upstairs, you know, the usual hauntings. Yeah. And it always happened because um, there was this fence that was built later on after her family purchased the house that separated their land from the cemetery. Um, before this fence was built, a lot of crazy things would happen in that house. So every day at school, she would come and sit with me and I would ask her, so how was everything? She's like, oh, well, you know, the blow dryer turned on by itself or I heard my name being called when no one was there and so on and so forth. Um, we fast forward, we're in middle school and uh, actually we're in high school. I went to go spend a night at her house and her father and her brother were away they were trophy hunters they hunted game in Africa they would do this every year they oh, wow. they would leave for a month to go and do that and it was just myself her and her mom in the house this humongous house and uh one night we decided to go into her library and then the library there's a second floor loft that you can go up the spiral metal staircase and the loft led to the second floor but in this loft, she had a uh, like this projector screen where you could see movies. Well, we were watching a bunch of movies. It's 2 a.m., 2.30. And um, out, of, out of nowhere, I just asked her, so is everything calmed down? Have you experienced anything yet? And then she looks at me. She's like, I think that they stopped. I think they got tired of us. I think they, <laughs> they're no longer here. And literally after she said that, it sounded like books on the bottom floor like fell to the ground it was like this collapse of books it was this horrendous noise that shook us we got up and she gave me this look like she knew what was happening and she oh, no. grabbed my arm and then we kind of froze because we're like wait what is that and uh we heard what sounded like footsteps going up the spiral staircase it was like tap tap 
that but it was getting louder and closer we jetted out of there so fast we ran through the guest room into her room we locked each other in and we were just thinking we're like okay hold on hold on hold on let's collect our thoughts could it possibly be like your family member that came back she's like no we would have gotten word my parent my father and and my brother are not they're not due for another week um and then we thought well maybe someone broke in no we have a pretty advanced alarm system we would have heard it so yeah uh we grabbed (laughs) we grabbed her baseball bat in her room because she did softball. I grabbed a hairspray. I was like, let's go down. Let's go see what we're going to light them up. <laughs> Seriously. Cause we were, I was a little, we were worried cause her mom was downstairs. The master bedroom where her mom is, is downstairs. And Uh-oh. if someone was here, we, you know, we want to make sure she's okay. So we grabbed her little cordless phone because, you know, cell phone, cell phones back in the day, back in the horse and buggy days, wasn't a thing. Um, (laughs) so we walked downstairs and nothing like, it's just complete darkness. We turn on all the lights. We do a walkthrough, nothing. We get to the library, the room where we were in and we notice, Oh, you know, we close the doors. We turn on the light from the outside of the library and we notice that there's nothing on the ground. There's nothing on the floor. Everything's in its place. There were books that were nicely stacked on the table, but they're in the middle of the table. They wouldn't have fallen. Um, so we found nothing that night. Her mom was fine. We went back into her room and we just couldn't go to sleep. We just stayed up until 5 a.m., probably went to bed for a couple of hours. And the next morning we woke up and her mom was like, what was that ruckus in the in the library? <laughs> We're like, mm, we need to tell you something. She's like, yeah, I think they're back again. So, Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a pretty frightening time. Like I've never had seen or felt anything. And I would go to her house for many years, but that was like, that was the moment where I was like, Oh, this is no joke. Like they're still here. And I think it was a way of saying like, we're still here. We're still watching. Don't worry. So (laughs) (laughs) don't worry. We didn't leave. We didn't leave. We're here. Oh no. You know, we're reading a book downstairs in the library, just listening to you guys chit chat. So (laughs) yeah. About how we're no longer here. Yeah. I'm going to pause the spooky tales so you can hear a word from our sponsors. Would you like to share a story with us? No, I just wanted to pop in. Hi, everybody. Oh. Hi. Hi. My mom. Oh. Say that Hi, mom. She does have a lot of good stories, oh, wow. though. So, Skarat, or Chris, would you tell us your paranormal experience, your uh, first one? My first one was about 12 years ago. My ex-wife and I, we were still married at the time, and we had bought a house. We moved into it, and the first night there, I started hearing a voice. I sat out on the front porch, and I just heard this voice right next to my ear say, Howdy, neighbor. Look around. There's, nobody else, there's nobody else around on the porch. A couple weeks after that, my oldest... Wait, was it dark outside? Yeah, it was dark out. When it was probably about, oh, hell it was no. about 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> a few weeks later, okay. yeah, a few weeks <laughs> later, my uh, my oldest, he was three at the time. He'd start tearing down the stairs out of his room and screaming room, thinking, "Okay, nation, whatever." Well, he starts getting into Scooby Doo like I did when I was that age, and he'd start coming down those steps screaming about a ghost Ooh. in his room. Yeah. 
Dad. So I asked him one. <laughs> I asked him one day if he knew uh, what the ghost's name was, and he told me the ghost's name was Horse. I'm like, okay, well, Horse. Okay, he's just using his imagination or whatever. Yeah. Well, my ex-wife, she started to see shadows moving around. And then one day we had a window just shatter. There's nowhere for any draft to have come from. But the window shattered from the inside like somebody just walked up oh, and wow. punched the window. Wow. So I was like, okay, well, maybe we need to start doing some research on this house. <laughs> maybe we should look into things. Yeah. So we've... I do some research on it, and we find out that the guy who lived there in World War II had joined the Navy. Uh, he went missing in action, and his body was never recovered. Oh. But the guy's name, and this is the part that freaked me out, was the guy's name was oh, Horace. God. Oh, Jesus. So, so I was like, yeah, I can see how a three-year-old would think Horace, Horace, Horace. instead That's of Horace. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, oh, God, his name's going to be Horace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, That's creepy. Ew, I got goosebumps from that. The biggest thing for me is like when kids see stuff because they're so like untainted from, you know, what our brains tell us is real versus not real or what we're supposed to believe is real and not real. And they don't have that yet, like that filter yet. And that's what freaks me out the most is like I follow that Reddit thread where like, you know, this give the scariest sentence that your kids ever said and it's like mommy I killed you or something like that oh, no. and you're like oh okay okay <laughs> um so yeah those freak me out like especially when it involves little kids um I would say for me my first gosh I don't even know um I can't remember and my mom's here so now she can validate this so I can't remember if it was a dream for me or if this like really happened because it was so, I was so young when it happened. Um, but I had a very, um, odd experience with a doll. Like this is to this day why I hate dolls. Uh. Um, I used to sleep with my brothers. We shared a bed, like a big queen size bed or whatever. Um, because we were poor. So that's just what happens sometimes when you boy, <laughs> you share beds with your siblings. Um, so we, I always slept in the middle of them and I was like really obsessed for some reason with like saying my prayers and all this stuff. So I remember getting out of the bed and like kneeling down, like, you know, like how you do and putting your hands together and my dolls right next to me. And I start praying and I tell her, um, are you praying too? And I look down at her and she's like looking right back at me. And I was like, that's not what she's supposed to be doing. And so I was like frozen in fear. I remember getting back up into bed. I left her on the floor. I remember getting back up into bed and just like being in between my brothers like this, like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I was so, because no. I'm the youngest, so I was freaked out. And then I think I remember telling my mom, I was like, please throw this thing away. <laughs> like throw it in the dumpster. It came alive. I don't want it. Um, and I, I have not enjoyed stuffed animals or dolls since then. Um, but I don't remember like if it was an actual thing that happened or if it was a dream and it just scared me enough to, um, make me hate dolls for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's so funny. Cause you have a doll and you're, it's haunted. <laughs> no, I know. That's why I wanted it. Cause I hate them. <laughs> like, I need them. Um, but yeah, it was like, it was, uh, creepy. Uh, mom, do you want to share a story real quick? Uh, I think I can share one that, uh, that your grandma Okay. From back in the day, my mom and her family, they would go um, to 
go like pick cotton or tomatoes and stuff. And so they would, um, wherever they were at, um, they would rent a house. I mean, they would work in exchange for rent. And so my grandparents had gone to town and they had these big aluminum tubs that would hang on the, on the wall. So, uh, my grandparents had left with, I think the younger siblings and my mom stayed at home cause she's the oldest of five. And she said at night, uh, she could really hear bangs on the wall and she didn't know what it was. And, oh, wow. uh, then during the day she would hear stuff and she said she'd be sitting down, you know, sewing or whatever, mainly sewing, you know, cause they would, uh, use flower sacks for dresses, skirts, underwear, shirts, and things like that. So she said she'd be sitting there and she'd feel somebody pinching her, scratching her. <gasps> and at night she would feel Ew. like somebody was like pulling the blankets from her. So they took her, this was in, in a town called rule, rule, Texas. And so they were living in rural, but they were working in Haskell, which are neighboring towns. And that's like in the Lubbock, uh, Abilene area out that way. I mean, Amarillo, I'm sorry. And she said that, uh, they didn't know what was wrong with her. So they took her to what they call, uh, a curandero, which is like a witch doctor for the Mexicans. And so they looked into what was going on and the man told my grandfather that on the land there's a post and in that post buried beneath it was um like gold or silver coins so whoever wow. dug it up they could have it they'd be rich but somebody would have to die oh no, oh, hell no. and so <laughs> my mom uh, of course was young at the time i i can't remember how old she was maybe about maybe 14, I guess. Um, so they, they packed up everything and, and they left and, you know, she said it would just freak her out because she didn't know why she was getting scratched and, um, you know, what, why they were pulling blankets off of her and stuff. Um, so they, they ended up leaving. They said they didn't, they didn't take anything. Um, and so I think from then on, my, my grandparents, you know, were even more not, I don't want to say superstitious, but they were really cautious, you know, uh, Raylene, um, I'm sorry, Lainey is, is an empath. And I know when I was young, my grandmother would say, y'all better go to sleep or the devil's going to come scratch your feet. No. And uh, you know, it's funny because my, my unless he's giving me a pedicure. (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, my cousin would always say good night don't let the bed bug bite and I'm like that's so funny I said because we Mexicans I said we grew up with like you better go to sleep or the devil's gonna come scratch your feet oh my god but <laughs> I didn't know that I could see things when I was younger because I thought it was a, a cat I, I didn't know that I could see spirits and so my grandmother would say the devil's gonna come scratch your feet if you don't go to sleep so I'd sleep with a blanket over my face up and just leave this much open so yeah. I can breathe. And I had the vir- uh, I had a virgin hanging at the, uh, an emblem of a virgin hanging at the end of the sofa. And I would be scared, but I mean, it was, I, I wasn't, I wasn't like, Terrifying. nobody taught me, nobody taught me anything about what I know now because they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so now it's like, if I see something, I'll say something. If I feel something, I'll say something. And, uh, Ray, I'm sorry. Um, one of my relatives, <laughs> one of my relatives will be like, Hey, what's going on? Can you look at this? You know, but I mean, I can see a lot in pictures and in people's energies and, um, Laney is gifted. My son is gifted, even though he denies it, but his intuition lies in the pit of his stomach. Um, oh my God. <laughs> But, he had a very terrible experience when I was born, which is why he believes I'm the devil's child. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing, Mom. Um, Christian wants to share a story, so I'm going to boot you out and uh, let Christian take on. So, Christian, if you want to, grab that spot and go ahead and share your story with us. Hey. <laughs> it's just going to be a short story. Um Cool. Well, um, I'm Christian, and I'm born and raised in Mexico until I was 15. I moved over um, over here. But my story is about um, sleep. One occasion that um, sleep paralysis happened to me. <laughs> it had it had happened before. Just the typical where. You can't move and you can't do anything, but that was about it. But um, on this occasion, um, I was sleeping on my side and I, I felt the bed um, just going deep behind me. And that's what woke me up, the feeling of the bed, felt like something. Yes. So um, I woke up and then I realized that I can't move, can't open my mouth. And I wondered, I wanted to see who it was because I was by myself, (laughs) but I couldn't move. And my whole life until this, until that day, I always slept with the pillow on my head. (laughs) <laughs> I would too. So, oh, yeah. um, like a full fortress over my head. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I'd have one of those masks. That's on. what I like to do all the time. So I was on my side with a pillow on my head, and the pillow was just on one side of my face. And I start freaking out because I can't talk, I can't move. And all of a sudden, I feel the pillow towards my face more oh, wow I remember clearly I started breathing through the, first through the um pillow cover and uh-huh. I started freaking more because I could feel it in my in my nose like how I'm breathing through it um and yeah the more that I was scared the more this was happening until I said I have to stop and um, all I did was just like trying to think, I mean, ask God to, to like protect you, protect yeah. you and stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, one thing is that you can't move and you can th- talk. Mm-hmm. And another thing is having something pressing forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Face and, you know, so. Yes, I don't know how long, how, how long it like was this for, but I remember I felt it was like slowly being taken away from my face at first, 
Yeah. And then I slowly felt the bed going back to the regular position that it is. And I tried to recreate it. After I woke up, I was freaking out and I was like, this is just me. It was a dream. Probably it was just that I was breathing through um, like too hard. So I like, I put the pillow close to my face or something, but I couldn't recreate it. The, the pillow was pushed toward my face and yeah during those moments it was I remember it was hard for me to be breathing and that was scary yeah. like that's what scared me the most that and yes it um I remember that I was really scared and I, the um the, fo the following morning I planned sleeping on that side of the bed so whatever was there, it wouldn't be there because I'm already there. <laughs> I had another sleep paralysis, except this time I didn't have a pillow over my face. And ever since then, I don't put pillow over my face to sleep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would. Did it, did it continue to yeah. happen some more or was it just that one time? It was just that one time. Mm -hmm. that, um, well, there was another one the, the day after. But that was the last time I had sleep. Did you see anything on the second day? No, no. Oh, okay. It was like it was um, faster. Like it was shorter than mm -hmm. the previous day. But it's just that it feels that, like time goes by so slow. I honestly didn't couldn't tell how like how how um how much how time much had time passed. Had passed. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that that's one of my that's one of the stories that happened to me. Uh, uh -huh. That was intense. I am so glad I've never had a sleep paralysis experience yeah. in my life. Those would freak me out if I couldn't like, move. That's the... I get it about once a month. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Are you for real? Yeah. Have you seen? It's not always bad. But, okay, so I'm confused though with the sleep paralysis thing. Is it that you are truly asleep? Like if I'm looking at you, I wouldn't know that you're going through this. Well, uh, or is it like you are awake? I'll put and if I were looking at you, I would know what to do. <laughs> You'd yeah. probably think that I was asleep. I don't know. Um, best thing I can think of to explain it is the first time that my wife noticed I was having it she thought I was having a stroke in my sleep because yeah. I was trying to pull myself out of it and I'm just sitting there going uh, uh, uh. Yeah. she thought I was having a stroke oh, so. yeah Ooh. No, it's not always scary though there have been times I've pulled myself out of it because I've been laughing like the last time I had it my I thought that my four-year-old came into my room and was sitting there going I'm not going back to bed <laughs> I'm not going back to bed. Oh, I'm not going back to bed. And I just pulled myself out of it laughing. <laughs> You're like, oh, my little four-year-old's a devil child. I love it. <laughs> He's so <laughs> No way. Well, thank you, Christian, for sharing your story with us. That was super creepy. I'm not a fan of it at all. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Giving hey. me the opportunity to share my story and for sure. I'm you, podcast. Thank you. We're so glad you listened to us. So I'm going to I'm gonna open up the space. Thank you. Okay. 
So if anybody else wants to get on and share their stories, you can. So part of what um, one of the experiences I had is I have probably gone ghost hunting maybe once or twice my entire life um, because I get scared about something coming back (laughs) with me. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to avoid that option. Um, So I've really only gone um, ghost hunting in El Paso. And then we went to, and I wasn't expecting to feel anything when I went to the second place, but I went to the Velasca Axe Murder House that is in um, Idaho. No, Iowa, yeah. Iowa, yes. Um. I went there last year with a couple of friends and I was like, yeah, that'd be cool. Let's go do a tour of it and everything. And they had a guide there who um, hosts overnights like sleepovers and stuff. And there was this big thing that had happened a couple years before we came, which was that they were hosting an overnight um, ghost hunt and a guy had gone out and like stabbed himself in the chest and they're like literally in the middle of nowhere. So they had to, he had to get like care flighted cause they were spending the night and he was getting a little intense with things. And so he ended up stabbing himself, but they like completely try not to talk about it that because so it's such crazy. a weird thing that happened. So if you don't know the story of the Valeska Axe murder house, just to give you a quick overview of it, um, it's in this very, very, very small town in um, Iowa. And it there's houses all around it. So it's this big farmhouse that's right there, but across the street and on either side of it, sorry, there's houses all around. And that's pretty much how it looked at the time as well. Their neighbors were extremely close, tight-knit community, um, but they were close to railroad tracks, which is some of the theory that this person could have been traveling through there. And that's how nobody knows who did this. Um, It's an unsolved case, but basically there is a family um, and then a visitor. I think one of the kids friends, I forgot how many it's mom and dad, and then three or four children, I think babies. Yeah. So yeah, they were very young. They had, um, not they had missed church i think and so they had um people were worried about them and went to check on them and they came upon this like really bloody and gruesome scene where everybody in the house was dead even the child who was in the crib now they had no idea who did it they didn't hear anything nobody saw anything nobody remembers seeing anything so it, it was completely unsolved and it was just like it blew their minds as to who or what could have done something like this so we went to the um, house for the tour and you already pull up knowing the story. So you already have the Mm -hmm. creepy vibes, right? But when you walk in and they give you kind of a history of everything and the stuff that people have experienced and you see like the typical like ball on the floor to play with the kids and little things that they had there because they still have a lot of the original stuff. But you also see when you go into the room, especially the kids room, you also see the ax marks that are there. And I'm 5'2", so the person wasn't very tall, I would say. And the ceilings were pretty small, too. But you can see kind of how they lifted the axe and then put it down, like, each time the axe hit the wall and stuff. So you could see all of that. And then there was this really creepy little, like, attic space that was also, like, a playroom area. And I was just like, oh, no, no, no. So... I was like, you know what? I'm just going to turn on my video camera. Let's see what happens if I catch anything. So I'm just walking around filming it. I think I was doing it for a live on um, Facebook. 
And I remember I was walking down the steps again. It's a very like smallish house. It's very kind of like stacked up. So I was walking back down the stairs and I was kind of panning the camera around and there's this orb that flies right yeah. through. Cause I was like, Oh, I haven't seen anything anywhere. Like I felt something weird, but I was like, eh. And then I see this orb all through and I caught it on live and I was like, Oh my God, did you see that? And then I was like, I have to get out of here. Cause I was feeling really sick. Like the energy in there is really intense. It's really sad. Like, you just have to imagine like they have no idea what's going on. If you put yourself in that position where you're like, nobody knows what happened to you. And you went through this pain and suffering because being murdered with an ax is not an easy death. Um, and, and, you know, having to see it and, and stuff like that, I can't even imagine. So uh, the energy was just insane and you could just feel it. Like it was very palpable there. Um, but we had the guide there who was telling us stories about what people experienced and who they would see and the fact that like the kids would sometimes come out and they were crying and stuff like that. And so it was just really, really, um, intense. And that one was probably my most, um, recent experience where I actually like sought out this kind of content if you will where I was like looking for ghosts and I found one and then I was like you know what I'm good <laughs> did I don't you do that anymore <laughs> I'd rather spend the night stories there? I know they do overnights no, 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 which no, is really intense they do I would never <laughs> yeah no, I wouldn't because like you don't have anything like they don't have the house doesn't uh -huh. have electricity in it so you have like lanterns I think or something like they that tried it's very just... hard to keep it the way it was way back in the day which is really yeah. nice but oh my yeah. god I can imagine and it's dark, oh, like oh. dark, dark. Yeah. So it's when you're there, though, it's kind of surreal to see because you're just like, how could nobody have heard anything or right. seen anything? There's like everybody is here in this little corner of the world surrounded by each other. And it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my spooky uh ghost haunting one <laughs> that's crazy that you caught that orb like i mean you could see it you can obviously yeah. see an orb like in real time uh like it's just a ball of light yeah, yeah i've seen plenty yeah it was yeah, your nose it was like insane. that's not a dust that's not that's not dust <laughs> that doesn't glow it's like trust me i would like to believe it was dust, dust doesn't glow like that welcome sir do you have a story me? to share I was just listening to your yeah. own, your uh, your cold case or your own cold crime. That was fascinating. <laughs> that was mad. Yeah, um, that's it's yeah, an intense like story if you haven't heard of it. it. Sounds like some, uh, like, as you said, a transient. Yeah, that's what they think is because it was really close to a railroad yeah. um, track that the person hopped on and off the train and could get away kind of quickly without it's a bit you know, worrying. Isn't it just jump off a train, so. axe a family to death, and then jump back on again? Well, it's a bit like. Yeah, it's a great story. One thing I was gonna say, one thing that's interesting is around that same time, you had axe murders in Kansas, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Colorado, down in yeah. Texas. Yeah, the famous ones there in New Orleans. Oh, these are all within just a couple mm -hmm. years of each other. Yeah, and that's what they think that maybe it was somebody who was doing that already. And was just like, hi, I'm stopping in Iowa. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of don't start in family. Points. You don't. You work your way up to that. You don't start. Your first. Yeah. Your first time won't be. I mean, that yeah. was like a professional hit almost, as you say, in, out, bang, off, and on. You know. Yeah, it was, and they didn't take anything. They didn't take well. 
they didn't take anything i think it was like it was it was pretty planned like after he i think it was said that he killed the family and i think he made breakfast mm-hmm. like he sat and yeah he like food he like he food. from wow. the family's pantry like he cooked bacon and he like he was like god after killing i'm really hungry and uh I think I'm going to make really myself a BLT stuffed. right now because that's going to hit the spot. Um, yeah. And that's I think you said that. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that is a psycho. Yeah. Absolute psycho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They were trying to link him no, to, I think it was a gentleman. I think it was a gentleman at the church. There were a lot of uh, suspicious characters. Yeah. I'll tell you, it was it someone was angry. Friend. It was definitely someone angry because that's a lot of rain. You're right. They. Um, it was a person at church they believe who had like i think like a falling out with them with one of the parents they they believe that's one mm-hmm. of the hypotheses that they came across. <laughs> yeah it was some fa- sort of a falling out but ever since yeah. then um it hasn't been solved and i know two podcasts that are really good that you should listen to mm. it's american hauntings All right. american hauntings troy taylor is one of the most phenomenal historians and it, it, yeah, he and and his co-host really dive deep into like past the meat, the barrel, the, the bone and the marrow of the story. Mm. And they have a really great series mm-hmm. of that. Another one is Astonishing Legends too. So um yes. they do a really good research on that story. But the Velisca house is like up there with the torso murders yeah. and the axemen of New Orleans and everything. <laughs> yeah, I've not heard of so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, I bet. Yeah, you should definitely listen to it. It's it's insane, or even just read about it. It's it's yeah. pretty intense. I would love to do like a ghost um, or Alcatraz or something like that. Outside. Oh yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I went to Alcatraz. There. I believe in. I do believe in ghosts. I do believe there are some. Do oh, wonderful. Yeah. Obviously. Do you I, have I, any I, stories? I, to be honest with you, like I'm experience? staying with mum and dad at the moment during the virus, and every night at one o'clock, it sounds like a no. door opens, and there's and I'm not just saying it because I'm here with you guys. I said it to someone else in another in another vocal. <laughs> It, every night at one o'clock without fail it sounds like a, a door it's not like a threatening noise it's a door closing and a couple of steps down the steps but it's a really uh, it's an interesting house no. it's quite an old house though so i'm sure there are i'm sure there is history in this house somewhere sounds residual sounds residual if it's the same time the yeah. same sounds the same I, occurrence. I, I know if yeah. i step my phone up to time it it won't happen do you know what i mean they're not they're not, they're not stupid are they? it's like they know <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I see that. Me. It's like Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah, but have your parents noticed it? Say again. Oh, they, they, have I'm, your parents uh, noticed it? I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure they must. They, 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 they probably. Know. Or they just think like probably. it's 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 an old house, but I, I would love to do it like a ghost investigation at Alcatraz or just any really old notorious prison or. The characters in there, man, they must be. So, I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't get people who, who say there's no way ghosts exist because they quite obviously do because too many people have seen them and caught them on right. video, and as you did with the Zorb and stuff like that. And uh, they've even, they've, some, some, I don't know if they're hoaxes or not, that these TV shows have actually heard them. I don't know, they've actually got them on, on, uh, on recorder, re- tape recorder, playing yeah. yeah. stuff. So yeah. it's. it's Paranormal mm-hmm. caught on camera is a really good show. Yeah, yeah, that. I think that's one of them. Yeah. True crime. It's a really, really Oh, oh I need to watch, watch that. it. I think it's Aaron Spelling. I can't remember. Spalding, I think. Mm. But he is the reporter that does uh, 
paranormal pop culture and i think he writes for that show and it's i mean people oh, cool. like submit real footage of like things that they caught in in real time yeah as a kid it started with Mulder and scully in the x-files and the fbi <laughs> and kind of wormed up to true yeah. crime but on the way i kind of got interested in ghosts and poltergeists and combustion is it human combustion and stuff like that oh, yeah. The flame. yeah yeah i, I, I don't That's know why crazy I got, you thing. Know, it's just the normal progression of things i think from Mulder and scully in the fbi to ghosts to aliens but uh yeah no I, 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 I do I, I used to be so interested in ghosts and you know youtube and seeing ghosts on camera and all that stuff and but i think true crime and paranormal go it can go hand in hand quite a lot of the time in notorious cases and stuff like that yeah yeah here yeah, we have sure. the infamous uh sharon tate house well what was oh yeah, yeah I so i there. Mean, i'm talking about ghost hunting i would go and investigate at david omen's house which is 350 feet from where the sharon tate manson murders occurred isn't that the guy who has a big oh poster God. of the sharon tate out, of outside course. of his house <laughs> Yeah, I saw that. He's, I was like, oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> he's very proud he that he has a haunted very, house. He's very, very proud. I mean, he's been on every single show. But, I mean, he has a house yeah. that's very active. It's very close to where these murders occurred. But um, in my findings, in my investigation, after investigating that house for a year, it's just, I feel like it's just more than from where the house is located. It's also Benedict Canyon. And in Benedict Canyon, we mm -hmm. have Falcon Lair, which belonged to Rudolph Van Latino. We also have George Reeves' house, which is a few blocks away. And that was the first 1950 Superman where he was found mysteriously. Yeah. Uh, he mysteriously committed suicide. It was a suicide. So mm -hmm. um, that was around the corner. And then you have the, I think it's the George Burns house where J.C. Brink lived and where Sharon Tate had her, you know, um, premonition of her death there as well and that house has a lot of weird vibes as well but we think it's the canyon itself that embodies a lot of uh well something nefarious and something mysterious that is probably manifesting all these things that are occurring there so yeah mm -hmm. yeah has anything recently happened there that's kind of similar in terms of crimes that have been committed or deaths in that area recently past Sharon Tate and um, in terms of death. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think after the sixties. No. Um, Good for them. <laughs> like they just have to deal with the ghosts of those things. Think of any deaths, like nothing like that. No, like in, yeah. in that level, okay, I think that was the last thing I could be wrong, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think so. I don't think there, there were anything. It's a creepy drive, though. It's such an isolated place, especially going up that like singular Absolutely. road. It's, it's very weird. Yeah, it's, it's, I've, it's, I've had friends that like like would park their car where like the Manson family members like park their car and they walked up Cielo, and it's a very dark road. It's dangerous because there's no streetlights and people who live mm -hmm. right up and like well down that street, you know, they they kind of like whiz by, and you got to be careful. So yeah. yeah. They go by really yeah. fast. It's like you guys are, you guys are gonna, they're um, experienced hills. There hill are, I know. I'm I like, I'm not. like old lady, like driving Miss Daisy. I'm just like, I'm going 20. So, because, yeah, yeah I was like, I'm gonna die up here. I love yeah, going over really, there, though. It's a really great area to drive, but a lot of empaths and um, mediums who've driven through that canyon, they hate it because they're like, I get this pulsating headache. I get, 
like the shortness of breath. Like, yeah, they get very, very sick. And I know that um, the Dearly Departed Tours podcast, uh, I think uh, Scott Michaels, who does the Dearly Departed Tours in around Los Angeles, and he's very famous for the Manson tour. Um, but he has a lot of tea on Benedict Canyon and who's lived there, who's died there. There's a lot of people who've passed away there. Mm-hmm. You know, you had the Heidi Fleiss. I think since um, the Sharon Tate murders, it was the Heidi Fleiss, uh, who was the Hollywood madam that was caught. She, you know, had the ambush in her house. But in terms of mm-hmm. murder, I think that was the only big case that came out of the canyons. So, yeah. Yeah creepy what's your favorite place to like if somebody's like tell me where i should go if i'm gonna go and i only have a day to like go ghost hunting where's the place i have to go oh, in that's LA? a good question is where can you get where can you ghost hunt there i would always direct people to david omen's house before the pandemic because he always had tours you can knock on his door and say hey I mean, he's so welcoming like he loves to invite people but i would always direct people to his house because i'm not kidding like you would you're going to feel something there like even if you're not a believer there is something there and what people like to believe it's oh it's the victims well it's true david has seen what he believes are the apparitions of the victims of the tate murders but he hasn't seen them in a very long time and i know craig owens who is the historian of haunted by history he, he and i did an investigation there and he was like i think it's something more i believe it's connected to the land and to the people the indigenous people who were there in the land you know the the theory of the skinwalkers these you know kind of like kiddish ghosts that like to you know take form of an apparition that we want to see so it's like like a trickster spirit um another one that i tell people to go on um, to do a tour is do anything dearly departed. You're going to definitely get some ghost stories from the dearly departed tour. If you like, like haunted history, if you like true crime, you're going to get a lot of that. And lastly, lastly, awesome. definitely, definitely go to um, the bar. And um, I think it's not, it's not the Knickerbocker. What's the one? Um, oh my God, here I go. No, no. The it's the room? other bar that is famous for Marilyn Monroe and, um, Oh my God, I can't even think about it. And I'm like, it's down the street from my work. <laughs> People are probably screaming, it's this hotel. Um, but it, it's a hotel. Oh, it's a hotel? Where, um, where you could, like, it had the infamous Marilyn Monroe um, mirror in it. Oh my God, it's on the tip. It's on the t- oh. it's on the tip on. of my tongue. And I keep on Google thinking it. it's the Knickerbocker. No, it's not the Knickerbocker. The Knickerbocker is a senior citizen place. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's an it was a hotel, and then they turned the Roosevelt. Oh, the Roosevelt. Where where's your mind? Um, it's fine. It's the Roosevelt (laughs) Hotel. I tell people go into the Roosevelt Bar, order some (laughs) sweet potato fries, and just walk around. And feel. I think I saw some uh, paranormal thing on YouTube about it. It was really creepy. Oh my gosh, you guys! The time has flown Mm -hmm. by. Are you kidding me? We. Oh my God. It's already been an hour. Um, so this was fun. You guys, it's time to wrap it up because we've been here an hour already. Um, but it was so much fun. We're definitely going to do it again. Um, I want to, like I said, I want to start this kind of day on get vocal so that we can, um, all have our own individual shows and we can all collab with each other and do all of that. Um, 
fun stuff. And because it's been, like I said, it's been really great for um, the true crime Thursdays that we've um, helped launch. And so I think that the same thing can be done for the paranormal side that as creators of um, paranormal content, we have a great fan following. Uh, We have incredible listeners who are so supportive. So I know that they would probably really enjoy having this one-to-one FaceTime um, and being able to share their stories one-to-one like we've done here. Now, um, I have a thing where if you are on Get Vocal or you're watching us on another platform, if you join Get Vocal and subscribe to any one of our shows, you can subscribe to my channel, to Hollywood Paranormal, to the Sky Podcast. I was calling it scary, (laughs) and now I feel like a dummy. (laughs) I was like, cry makes sense, (laughs) Um, because that's what it sounds like. Um, But if you do that and you send me a screenshot, you can send it through any of the uh, social media that you follow. Um, I'll send you a goodie pack of stickers and whatever I find around the house that I have for merch and um, send it over to you for joining us here. We really, really appreciate the support that you've shown us today. This was something kind of on a whim we wanted to do. We had so many ideas for October. We wanted to do a Comic-Con out in New Orleans (laughs) and thanks. I know. Yes. Thanks to Corona. It was not possible. So, um, Hopefully next year, yeah, hopefully next year we'll be able to pull it off. Um, I have a lot of good connects in New Orleans, and so hopefully it will um, pan out for us and we can have a little con over there too and just of be able course. to hang out with each other in a spooky-ass town to get, and uh, people, um, things. I know a lot of people that coordinate the tours. Um, Bloody Mary is also in my phone book, and she has an amazing yes. museum. So maybe we could work out something where we could get tickets yes. to go to her museum and do a seance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, my God. Oh, a seance girl? girl? I'm going to need protection. Be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help us out. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now or at hauntedpod.com. Creepy Toon creator for the show is Nico at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or WeTalkofDreams.com. The creepy sound effects you hear in every episode come from Chez at Gray Multimedia. Follow him on Facebook at Gray Multimedia. Until next time. Did you hear that?